Welcome into the Young Terps post-game recap. Terps take down Charlotte 38-20 tonight. Ahmed, uh, rough start for Maryland, but they put it together in the second half and get it done. Yeah, obviously Charlotte was able to pull away or start with a 14-0 lead three minutes into the game. Uh, was able to, uh, Maryland's offense obviously was struggled uh, in their second series, third series of the game and uh, draw, drew some boost from the crowds, but obviously were able to find their footing, score 38 unanswered uh, to eventually take a 38 uh, 20 lead or 14 lead before late Charlotte touchdown uh, ended at 38 20. Yeah, um, let's talk about the slow start. Obviously, um, Terps blown assignment on defense that happens. They give up their first touchdown. I guess that would have been what quarter 12 of their no touchdown streak where it's finally broken by Charlotte. And then just a quick mental mistake by Leah, but you're down 14 nothing. Yeah, obviously, Maryland came into the game three consecutive games without allowing a touchdown. Uh, and we knew that the, Mar the Charlotte rushing attack was going to be a problem for Maryland's defense. Uh, obviously, quarterback Juwan Jones, Jabril Robinson, Joaquin Banks, uh, they had a Three four, three, four guys that they could turn to. Uh, Charlotte was able to amass 88 yards of offense in those first two drives. Uh, but it was obviously Charlotte was able to open up four straight run plays. And then it was the first pass play from Charlotte from Jalon Jones, 48 yard touchdown. Took advantage of uh, miscommunication in Maryland secondary. So uh, definitely, you know, some some concerns there. But like you said, just were able to put it together for a uh, uh, complete rest of the 45 minutes. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, I think that a game like this, everyone's going to want to talk about when you're down 14 nothing. Everybody's going to want to hit on those points. But ultimately, I think Locks probably gave his best press conference, I think, of his Maryland career, as in talking about how his guys didn't live up to the standard, what they need to correct, how they need to come out and you know just be better as a team. It wasn't good enough just to win this game, but they, they really do need to pick up pick up the pace, get, get going. I think a 38-6 win over Towson and a 38-20 win over Charlotte and I'm not sure what your thoughts on it, but mine, like a lot of termination is, it's just not good enough yet. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it's fair. I think, you know, Loxie talked a lot last week about, uh, you know, and in, in, you, know, you take those big jumps from week one into week two. Uh, and I think Maryland, they kind of left some, some meat on the bone there, obviously. Uh, offensive line, I thought that was one aspect where kind of saw some uh, some struggles early on. Uh, the, the Charlotte front seven was able to kind of control the line of scrimmage at time. Uh, but I thought just kind of over the duration, over the, that 60 minutes, that was kind of what where they were able to kind of maybe pick up that slack. But like you said, you know, I think Maryland fans had kind of expected uh, some domination uh, like we you know we've said before you know uh, Charlotte you know they came in they were confident they were loud and they weren't uh, uh, shy about who knew about it so uh, I think that they definitely were able to uh, leave that all out in the field but uh, I think I think what, what kind of leaves me confident was the adjustment like I said uh, giving up 88 yards in those first two drives and I believe it was 207 the rest of the way uh, six consecutive punts a pair of uh, course a, uh, a pair of turnovers as well uh, but like you said I think there's definitely some some room for improvement on a short week against Virginia next week yeah and I think that that kind of brings up the question of the strength of this team and what what it really is and for me I think we said it when we were doing our, our previews the defense really is what this Maryland team needs to lean on at least right now while they're having trouble blocking and I ultimately think Leah's just having trouble not quite dialing in the timing of the game exactly when to throw the ball what his reads are pre-snap Maryland defensively though just overall the rotation the level of guys they've been able to bring into the program and something that I think stuck out today all over the field was the speed they have in the middle between Bo Bray, Dante Trader, and whoever they have in their inside linebacker rotation. I think they went a little bit too deep into it when they had Kobe Thomas and, and Greeley and 
and uh, Jeremy Spraggins in there. I don't really think we'll see that rotation too much uh, when the better teams come into town, but definitely a fast and, and vicious Maryland defense that loves to hit. Yeah, I mean, I think through the first two weeks now, we've seen, uh, I believe it was Jason Barnham, you know, Caleb Wheatland, Ruben Hippolyte, uh, Fanage Gote, um, and like you said, you know, Jeremy Spraggins. You know, Maryland's been able to, to kind of lean on uh, that deep inside linebacker room. Uh, Danelle Brown, this is the second consecutive week that we haven't seen him until the second half. Um, and, you know, he was a guy, especially in the outside, uh, off the edge, where he was able to uh, make an impact. Obviously, he was the one who recorded uh, Maryland's first takeaway. Uh, an interception, which proved to be the first takeaway of the season, first of two on the night. Uh, but I think it's the linebacker room, obviously, like I said, just the inside linebacker room, what they're able to do, the talent that they return, uh, the depth and the combos that they're able to turn to. Um, and then, you know, like I said, you know, just Danelle Brown, I think he's been able to show some flashes. Uh, Kellen Wyatt, you know, he's been able to be a force on the edge as well, whether it's, you know, uh, 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 and hands in the dirt defensive end or at stand up edge rusher as a jack. Uh, so I think there's a lot to like there. I think that the biggest keys obviously for Maryland moving forward to close out non-conference play will be that offensive line. You know, you talked about the rotations there. We didn't see as many uh, offensive line rotations this week. Uh, we could go, we saw 13 guys. I believe it was uh, eight guys today uh, with Amelia Moran, Kyle Long, um, uh, those guys, uh, Mike Purcell, obviously, he was able to play uh, second half at center with Eric Harris playing in that first half. So, uh, you know, that, that part's a work in progress as well. But uh, I think that the defensively, that linebacker room uh, is what gives me confidence through those first two weeks. Yeah, I think that one thing that Maryland needs to do is keep it simple like they did in the second half. Really have their running backs look for quick holes and then accelerate through them, bring the aggression, bring the hitting to their opponent. I, I, really feel like when you have an offensive line that's not as strong as it was last year, not does not really seem to necessarily be able to knock down the zone blocking concepts that Locks loves. And Josh Gaddis even adds more of, if you look at his offenses at Michigan and Miami, this team just needs to be flat out aggressive and hit their opponent. And you know what, they're gonna play some teams that are gonna overpower them on that line of scrimmage. But until they really gel, until they find a combo, keep it simple. Run the plays you know you can run when you're running between the tackles. And then maybe you can start to run some shovel toss stuff to the outside. You have a lot of running backs, have a lot of speed. Yeah. When you need to get it to the outside, you need to run plays that direct the ball to that. And don't really, it's not a cutback run offense that we can see right now. Even against Charlotte tonight and even against Towson last week, they're not dominating at that level. They're not sealing blocks. They're just winning just enough to get those five, six yard carries. So that something you got to look at yeah and i think maybe an under underrated storyline uh just through non-conference play obviously got levy edzi uh he was inactive a week ago he was active today against or against charlotte uh but did not see the field you know like i said you know seven eight guys uh were able to play along the offensive line so um you know, we, you talked about just being able to gel and get get that chemistry down. Uh, whether we see Gottlieb Yedzi in week three against Virginia, you know, that remains to be seen. Uh, but whether we see him or not, I think that'll be a big question as they go into conference play. Are they able to kind of gel a little bit more and kind of create that chemistry? So I think, we, we like I said, we've seen strides today. And I think we kind of saw, you know, just, just the Charlotte's lack of depth over a 60-minute span. I thought that's kind of where Maryland was able to capitalize. And that's why we saw the offensive line start to win the battles in the trenches and I think that's why we saw Roman Hemby explode for his fifth career 100 yard rushing game uh, finished with 217 uh, all-purpose yards Colby McDonald finished with uh, I believe 70 plus yards on eight carries as well so that's kind of where we're able to see maybe some of those strides as well and I thought also the passing attack I think uh, early in the games kind of struggled especially last week after having seven drops 
they struggled with drops as well. Caden Prather had a ball go through his hand on third down on the second drive of the game. Uh, but you saw the consistency through the second quarter when Deshaun Jones had that 17-yard catch. The offense was kind of able to gradually build on there. And, you know, you want to see the efficiency a little bit more in the red zone. I believe it was three field goals on four attempts, or excuse me, three field goals and one touchdown on four attempts in the red zone. Uh, maybe five attempts, excuse me. Um, but uh, I think that that's kind of a big thing. But uh, I think you, you kind of start to see some strides there with, with Talia um, find, finding his group with that wide receiver room. Yeah, two more takes on the game and as instant as a reaction as I can give after listening to Loxley and having the stats in my hand for, what, 30 minutes now. <laughs> Here's something that I think every Maryland fans wanted to see. Roman Hemby, 19 carries on the game. Colby McDonald, 8. Antoine Littleton, 4. But still, your pale cow guy, 19 carries. Targets wide receiver-wise, Prather, 7. Deitch is six, Hemby five, Felton gets five, and Jones gets four. Guys that are getting towards a six, seven, ten targets, something that we've all called for, all have been looking for, and, and something that when the game was somewhat close today, those guys were on the field. You didn't see the rotation. You didn't see three groups of guys. I don't think we saw Shalik Knotts. I don't think we saw um, Tyrese Chambers out with an injury today. Probably could have gone. I think that's all of our takes. I saw him pregame. He was definitely moving around, but he doesn't go today. And, and the cut down rotation, the guys, when it really mattered, it was how many carries can I get Robin Hemby? Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Obviously, uh, like you said, you know, just the wide receiver room, kind of being able to lean on some of those guys. We didn't see Leon Houghton. He was another guy. We didn't see a lot more of Octavian Smith, a little bit of Ty Felton, Deshaun Jones, obviously, Caden Prather. Those were kind of the main guys, but I thought it was really good. Obviously, the running back room, they didn't have Nolan Ray after he was able to kind of uh, show some flashes a week ago, but I thought just kind of being able to lean on Colby McDonald and, you know, like you talked about it, Antoine Littleton has kind of been that second running back behind Hemby, but uh, I believe it was at some point in the game, I believe it was first half uh, when he had a unsportsmanlike call that took Maryland outside of the red zone ended up leading to uh, one of three field goals on the night so um, you know and he said you know I'm sick of the dumb penalties and if you're gonna have the dumb penalties then you know you're gonna steal it and Colby McDonald took advantage so that's how they're gonna go about it so I think that that'll be an interesting thing um, and then last point for me I thought uh, it was really interesting I was interested to see how Maryland would respond I when, what I expected to be a heated game obviously a lot of familiarity uh, Biff Bogey back in College Park Mike Miller back in College Park several St. Francis alums say several uh, six former Terps that were back back in College Park for the first time and it'd be interesting to see you know uh, when things got testy how Maryland uh, adjusted and like I said you know Antoine Littleton he had the unsportsmanlike like that Maryland disciplined him for but other than that you know I, I would say Maryland had a, had a clean game you know um, and through through the first two weeks now you've seen Maryland really cut down on, on those unforced errors and you know what one thing that I will say there is credit to both teams but mainly credit to Charlotte because that is a team that hasn't been together for long that is you know on the newer side of that that does have the guys that wanted to go somewhere else to play and and Biff kept his guys kind of in shape. A couple times when I was down on the field, I noticed that they were getting a little chippy, but he, him and his staff were the first ones to take those guys out of the game to, you know, kind of de-escalate the situation, if you will, and and keep the game clean and, and really play when they had a, when they had a shot. I, I, I have nothing nice to say about Biff, so I'm going I'm to leave that yeah, off to I, I don't I don't usually either, but I, I thought that they did handle that well. Um, 32,804, the attendance number on the game, so quite a bit of a step down. NBC crew's packing up next to us, so I guess that's it. Ahmed, anything uh, else to add? We'll see you. We'll see you about the short week against Virginia. I'll be back again Tuesday night to record and, and uh, preview the regional rivalry, so stay tuned. Yeah, make sure to like this podcast if you like it. Leave us a comment. Let us know your thoughts on the game. And Terp's got UVA coming in here next Friday. Wayne, thanks for holding the camera for us tonight.